0: Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you're doing so great today, my friend. Okay, let's take a moment today as we start this podcast to think about one thing that we are grateful for. I know, like, I don't know actually how you feel about gratitudes. I used to feel it was like so hippy-dippy. And now I've been doing a lot of research on gratitude and like the science behind gratitude is actually pretty impressive. And I think when I, I think when I start to get pretty, um, Overwhelm, stress, something that really, really helps me is really taking these like very nice deep breaths and thinking about things that I'm actually grateful for in my life. And again, it's not to under minimize the things that are maybe harder right now, but it really, really helps me to remind myself of the good things. And I don't know if that can be helpful for you, but if you want to do it with me right now, we can take a few deep breaths together and just think about. One thing that we're just so grateful to have, and it's actually funny, whenever I don't have anything to be grateful for, coffee is always my (laughs) go-to. I'd love to know what is your go-to gratitude, When you're like, I can't think about something. This is probably it. And I'm really excited because today we're talking to Renee Sager, who is a certified health coach and life coach, and she is talking to us about self trust and binge eating. This conversation was really fun. We got to talk about how binge eating and self trust are like very much parallel, and how we can really get stuck in blaming the binge and feeling a lot of shame around the binge and continue to create more distress within ourselves, whereas we want to learn how to give ourselves back that trust and really lean into our power. This episode was really, really fun, and I hope that you're going to get so much out of it. I do want to, however, add a trigger warning because we do talk about Renee's eating disorder um, history and what she has gone through. So Although we don't talk about explicit behaviors, we do mention um, eating disorders and the role that that played in her life um, with anorexia, bulimia and binge eating. So on that note, though, my friend, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. And if you do, please don't forget to rate this podcast episode. And let me know on Instagram if you've liked it, if you've listened to it. I love, love, love to connect with you and hear from you. On that note, let's get to the episode. to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm so pumped that you are here too. And I'm really actually excited about the topic that we have for our listeners today. I think it's going to be super valuable. Um, But before we get into the topic, why don't you tell us maybe a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what we do, your origin story.
1: Yes, my name is Renee Sager and I am a life and mindset coach for women that are exhausted by their relationship with food and want to start treating themselves better so that's that's a little bit about what I do and I got into this work from my own experience with food and body um you just want me to dig it right into to all that good stuff all right we'll just go for it so I um You know, I didn't actually have like a traumatic childhood or anything. Um, I had a pretty good upbringing and, but I was always really anxious and I started to have some like struggles in middle school with friends where I just started to feel like I didn't really fit in. I didn't really belong. And what I quickly learned was that by focusing on my food and by focusing on exercise It just made everything quiet. It just made everything go away. And so that was like when I really started kicking off my disordered eating with anorexia. And I don't know if many of your listeners will be able to relate to this, but when I first developed my eating disorder, I got a lot of praise for it. I was like, wow, how do you stay so skinny? How do you not eat? Blah, 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 blah. And all the while, I'm feeling more and more anxious and more and more uncomfortable in my body. And over the years, like that started with anorexia and the anxiety just like kept building, kept building. I kept feeling like something was wrong with me. And then I kind of started this nighttime binge eating thing. And when I was in it, I, I was like, what is wrong with me? I, I truly felt like there was this monster that came out after like 8 p.m. And once I kind of broke this seal that like this imaginary seal, it was like, I couldn't stop. I did not stop until I laid down and that nightly binge eating went on for years. And then over time it progressed to bulimia and then it progressed to alcoholism. And it was just this constant, like trying to get away from myself, trying to manage anxiety, trying to feel like enough. And I could never figure it out. I could never figure out like the balance of food. I kept thinking like every night it was like, okay, tomorrow's going to be different tomorrow. I'm not eating this. I'm going to eat it all now. And I'm never buying it again. And then inevitably I bought it again. And I lived in that just constant chaos for about 15 years. I went to treatment centers, I tried support groups, I got into therapy, like I tried everything and I really thought like oh my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to die with this. Like I'm going to be stuck in this forever. And I eventually kind of got to the point where my my bulimia was pretty manageable, quote unquote, and I wasn't feeling as chaotic like I was working a normal job and I was had friends and I had a social life, but like damn it, this food thing just kept coming with me. So while I was much more functioning, while I didn't look underweight or like I had an eating disorder, um, it was still this just thing that I carried with me everywhere. And so it was then when I kind of made this decision to stop trying to control my food. I had tried everything. I mean, every single thing you can think of to not binge, you know, to not purge, to not eat, to not eat anything. Like I was, I was even considering going to prison. Cause I was like, Oh, if I go to prison, at least they will just like make it so I can't eat and it'll be allotted food times. And so that, that maybe that's what I need to fix me. And so I went through all of that stuff and I ultimately got to this point of like, I don't, I can't care anymore about my body. I, I just can't. Cause I've spent 15 years trying to maintain and perfect this perfect body image that I've got to let it go. And that was when I kind of let go of that control and began developing trust with myself, trust with food, confidence in my body. And through that experience, um, you know, the whole time I was bulimic and binge eating, I thought like, if I ever figure this out, I'm going to help other women with this and I I still like never really thought I'd be able to get over it but coming through the other side I now get to work with women that went through that same struggle of just like so much of my life is going well why the hell can't I figure out this food thing like if it, it's this food thing that just it feels like it's just this it's just this piece that like I can't get and so having done my own work I now get to help women around their own relationship with
0: food and themselves I, first of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. I really appreciate your, just your openness and being vulnerable because man, our relationship to food and our body, like it's just so much, like it's just so (laughs) difficult sometimes to like kind of look back and be like, wow, we've been through like the ringer. Like it is so much, but I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that piece, especially the way you said it. Like I literally have heard this word for word over and over again. I just can't figure out the food piece. Yeah, on paper, everything is going well, I have this, 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 but I can't freaking figure out the food piece like it's either all or nothing like we get stuck over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to know like when you said like I made the decision to stop controlling. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like you just got to this point where you're like, "I I just can't anymore that there's zero no option or was there a moment that you were like, this is what I need to do like I need to let go of the control.
1: So it was kind of, it wasn't like a point in time, like the day on April 25th at 7 p.m. I, you (laughs) know, it wasn't quite like that, but I had lost my mom. My mom died very suddenly. Um, and it was after like spending a year kind of grieving and going through all of that, that, you know, that was really a shift in my life where I was like, damn, life can be so short. And as I mentioned, like I had been dealing with this food thing for 15 years. Like it had been the center focus, all my time, energy, and income went to maintaining my relationship with food and body. And so I got to that point where, you know, after my mom died, that I was just like, I just don't want this to be my life. I just don't. I'm so tired of it. It doesn't give me anything. It doesn't, I, I, I look back and I think, wow, I'm, st- I'm still focusing on the exact same thing. And also I was at a point where I was considering different career options. And when I thought about the life that I wanted, the person that I wanted to be, how I wanted to feel, how I wanted my life to look. There was no way that I could keep that relationship with food and body. I was like, I got to choose one or the other. I either keep binging, I keep obsessing, I keep all of these things, or I start building this life, but I can't do both. I just, I know that I can't. And so that was really that like, okay, I've got to let go of this because I want that future way more than I want to keep struggling with this.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that. Like, I, I feel like that's such a cool tool to be able to kind of like imagining yourself as this crossroad of like, we get to choose, what do I want to choose and mm-hmm. kind of picturing ourselves? Like what happens if I maintain this current relationship to food in my body? Mm-hmm. And like, the sad part is, is I think everybody like, we, we know like we've been down this road We're like, I know exactly where I'm at a year, five years, 10 years from now, if this is what I do, versus the opposite way of like, what if I do let go? Like, What if I'm able to do that? And that like, can be such a big, powerful switch in our brain. Um, and before we get into today's conversation, I have another question for you that I'm just interested to hear in your perspective. Uh, we have very, very similar story in terms of the eating disorder trajector- trajectory. Uh, and for me and my experience, when I had um, anorexia, when I was a very intense, restrictive person and doing very humble things, I didn't see the problem. A lot of it came from validation from others that, as you mentioned, like I think living in diet culture, bodies that shrink are overly praised. Um, but also because I didn't think restriction was bad. Like truly, I didn't know any better. I was just like, this is fine. Like what I'm doing is fine. It's healthy, it's good, it's fitness. It's all of these things. But it's only when I would I started to binge that then I thought there was an issue. Like that's the literally only time that I was able to click in like shit my relationship to food is not as good as I thought because of the binge but I never saw the restriction as an issue was that similar to you or did you know yes. that the restriction oh, was oh no Hell yeah. no i like
1: no uh you know what is funny is for me it really like the binge eating was bad because of how loud fat phobia is in our culture but for me also when I started purging I was like oh shit it just got real like now it's really real you know but like no for sure the the restricting I was just like this is my thing why do you care it doesn't matter everyone like And all people ever do is talk about how they shouldn't be eating something. And so I'm like, I don't have to eat it. And so it felt, it was like such, I felt so like proud of myself and better than other people
0: because of this thing. Okay. Yes. Better than other people. Like that's such a weird thing with diet culture, right? Like so much value that we attach to like the way that we eat that we're like, look how great I am for doing all of this. Right. Right. But I think that's also super harmful because people will wait until they swing the other way to then get help, right? Because we yeah. don't see the restriction as the issue. Yep. We know that the restriction is Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my God, this is so good. Again, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm sure that everybody can like, just are probably nodding along, just like, <laughs> just uh, man, I think it's just, we all have very unique stories with so many similarities in terms yeah. of how a relationship to food and body evolves. Um, well, and I <laughs>
1: love that. I just want to say too, I I love that you do this because that was a huge part of me getting the help and, and getting to where I am now was hearing other women talk verbatim what I thought. And I thought I was like this monster that was just
0: horrible.
1: And hearing other women share like exactly the same thing I did. I was like, what? There's other women doing this? Like say what? And so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to be able to hear these messages is just so refreshing because it's honestly and unfortunately, but it's so common. It's so common. And the more we talk about it and have these just open, honest conversations about it, the more people realize I'm not crazy. I don't need to be ashamed and it can be different.
0: Yeah. No, I love that so, so much. So today we want to talk about a little bit like the mindset behind like binge eating, like mindset traps and self-trust and how maybe we get we get stuck. Um, and I think that could be a really cool conversation, especially because there is so much shame around binge eating, um, and talking a little bit about that. So maybe we could start by explaining maybe like the connection between like binge eating and our self-trust and like maybe the, the type of like thinking traps that we fall into.
1: Oh my gosh. I see self-trust and binge eating in exact parallels. I've never worked with on myself. I haven't experienced, um, feeling really certain in who i am and decisions i make when i'm binge eating because i really believe that our relationship with food kind of mirrors the rest of our our life and so if we don't feel safe or we don't feel like we can trust ourselves around a bag of chips or to be left home alone with cookies or ice cream how on earth are we going to trust ourselves to make business decisions relationship decisions right? Like, I don't know if before I did this work, I was aware of how much they were connected. But after kind of moving through this, I see how my relationship with food was ultimately my relationship with myself, right? was like, I don't trust me. And every single corner you turn, diet culture is shoving messages down your throat of you can't trust yourself to eat. You can't trust here, eat these individual snack packs because you can't trust yourself. You can, you need to cut out entire food groups because you can't trust yourself. Like those are the messages that we're getting over and over and over is that your body doesn't know. You don't know what's best for you. Come over here. We'll tell you what's best for you. And so every time it's just like a hacksaw at our own self-trust, and our own self-power too. And so then when we're binge eating, every time we do that we're like, fuck, I can't believe I did it again. What's wrong with me? I said I wouldn't do it. And that erodes our self-confidence. And self-trust and self-confidence are one and of the same. And so there's always a direct parallel between the two and the more you go through this work the more you will see like oh it kind of that all or nothing thinking showed up in exercise showed up in finances showed up in relationships and so it's all connected.
0: Mm-hmm. yes yeah, so it's almost like the binge eating itself fuels that like idea that we have that I can trust myself like I have been taught <laughs> I can't trust myself and here's validation because yep. I can. Yeah exactly It's just, it's just
1: pulling you away from you every single time. And then you reach for a diet because you're like, okay, I'm going to get back on track tomorrow. But really what that's doing is setting you up to, to fail again and to binge again and to be like, what's wrong with me?
0: Yeah. I I love that too. And I tend to explain it that way too, of like, we're all born with like, you know, trusting ourselves. Like we're all born with that. We don't, (laughs) we're not born thinking that we're, not adept to fuel ourselves and we can't do these things like it, it we it's self-taught or not self-taught but it's taught by diet culture that mm-hmm. no actually you can't trust yourself you can't trust your body you don't really know when you're hungry you don't really know when you're full here a portion like all of that you name like a hundred percent so then we get to these moments and we're like but I can't trust myself and here's validation here's proof because of the binge and then there's a lot of shame that I think comes with it as well So what would you say to someone, if you say like there's such like parallels and then how do we start working through self-trust? Because if you are someone who has been cheating and like that can feel very distressing, like very intense and it can continue to feel like evidence of, Mm -hmm. but how can I trust myself when this continues to happen? Like, what would you say to someone to kind of bridge that gap? So,
1: you know, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind here, because I was thinking about this when you were speaking before too, is another reason we don't trust ourselves is because we're looking at images of other women that don't look like us and we're thinking what's wrong with me because I don't look like her I should look like her and so then we restrict and then we binge and so this is like a like a full life kind of detox of you know I I say this to everyone but unfollowing those accounts that make you feel like shit like we need to get rid of that. Because every time you're, we're looking at these images of women in these bodies that like, we'll have to damn near kill ourselves to achieve. We feel again, like we're missing something. And that then fuels the restriction, which then fuels the binge eating. Like one of the first things that I have clients begin to do is to kind of start to track their own thoughts about themselves and about their food. I don't think 98% of people are aware of the stories and the dialogue they have running through their brain on any given day about their food and body. And when we begin to stop that and notice it, because we don't really change anything until we see why. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is to see like, oh, okay. Shaming myself is not working. In fact, When I shame myself for eating two cookies, I end up eating 12. And so it's first kind of starting to create that connection of like, okay, the way that I'm talking and thinking about myself is not helpful and is not conducive for the ultimate goal that I have of self trust. And so it's kind of like this snowball effect is that we start really small. And then over time, the self trust and the self confidence gets bigger and bigger and that it it then just becomes a no brainer. You know, for me, Binge eating felt like my nightly fix. I was like, well, okay. It's, I go to work. I go to the gym. I come home. I eat dinner and okay. It's eight o'clock. Let's, let's go. It's time to binge eat. Like it didn't even feel like I had a choice. And now when I look back at that, it's like, I can't believe that's how I spent hours of my night every night for years. And it just, it seems mind boggling, but I didn't get to this part overnight. So first it's creating those small changes and small shifts in your own awareness to begin building that self-trust. Like we got to get whatever wins we can right out the gate to let yourself know that you actually can begin to trust yourself. And, you know, this is, this may be a weird thing to hear, but like, One of the easiest things when I'm working with people is to help them not binge, like is to get them to not binge eat. That's like one of the first things that stops because the binge eating is often a symptom of something else in our life that's not quite right. And so when we stop binge eating, these other areas that we thought were just great, wonderful, good, we're like, you know what? I actually don't like this job. Or, you know what, I actually am having a really hard time in my relationship. Or, you know what, I'm tired of working every single weekend. Mm -hmm. And so then it's those things that are driving us to the food.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that so, so, so much. We often say that it's like the the binge eating or just the relationship to food. It's kind of like a check engine. Like they're like, okay, what, what is happening right now? Um, in the intuitive eating book, um, there's a quote in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna smudge it. I don't even know how they say it, but it's something along the lines of like, if we're no longer physically hungry, like if we're not using food in that moment to fuel our physical body, food is meeting another need that we have. Yes. Right? That's often what we see with like the binge or emotional eating. Like some people don't maybe relate to the binge part of things, like it may just be overeating yeah. or eating to soothe them emotion, like In those moments, like, it's not really about the food. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. kind of like how the food is actually serving us. But to be able to understand that, I think is just really, really cool. And like also part of that self-trust when we can start like taking the shame out of the binge and maybe seeing it as like data of like, okay, well, what happened there? And what am I trying to do? And also making sure like, are we no longer restricting with this also? Like as a dietitian, I'm always like food first. Like, Are, are we feeling your body throughout the day? Yes. Feeling your body. Like, let's check that in first. Um, but I really love how you talked about trust takes time and thinking about that with like any relationship in their life. Like, I don't know, maybe some people are very trustworthy and they just trust people right away. A lot of us, like it takes time to truly trust someone. Um, mm-hmm. And I think our relationship with ourselves have been with food, with our body have just been harder because of the society that we're in and living in diet culture. So it's okay that it takes time to get back to that space of trusting myself again, but knowing that we can get there because that's where we start. Like we start with trusting ourselves. We just kind of vary off that path for a little bit and then we're (laughs) able to get back to it.
1: I call it diet trauma because a lot of (laughs) And, and I I did a podcast on this because I, something that I went through and I see so many is that like, when you begin doing this work, you almost have this trauma response to eating vegetables, to exercise, to, um, structure in your meals. Like you get, you have this fear and you know, I, hopefully no one sees this as disrespectful, but an example I often give is like, let's say you bring in an abused puppy that has been abused for a year of its life, just because it's now in a very safe home doesn't mean it just is like, okay, I'm safe. I'm ready to go. It takes time for that puppy to acclimate to this new environment. It takes ourselves time to feel trustworthy around food in our body, in our lives. But it is 1000% possible. The saddest thing I see is when people give up after like, okay, 30 days, it didn't work because we're always sold these messages, like the 21 day, this, and the, this, and the, this, and it's like, no, like it's going to take longer. And, and that's why having those wins, I have every client give wins because it's so important to notice your wins along the way, because it's not as fast as a diet. But it like it changes your life in the in ways that you never ever could have imagined.
0: Yeah, I, I wish that this podcast was like video just for this moment where we're like both of us like rolling our eyes to the, like the way back of our heads. <laughs> Thirty day challenges, fucking bullshit. <laughs> but it's hard I to because I think like binge eating, like we're also it's not just behavior based, right? Like we want to stop the behavior of binge eating. But there's so much like of the mindset that goes behind it and i think that's the part that takes a lot of time to unlearn and relearn and have new productive thought patterns and all of this stuff that is going to be helpful long term so it's not like a quick fix solution yes hey 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 just wanted to stop this podcast episode to tell you about the food freedom club have you heard about this new club if not You need to hear about this. You will want to get into this. So, as you know, I have been working with folks to help them heal their relationship with food and their body for years. It is my life's passion. I love to do it. And reflecting back on the past year and a half, three years, anyways, the whole COVID time, (laughs) time is weird. Um, I have been thinking a lot about how to make this work more accessible, how to help. More folks through this, how to give like my best strategies, my best content, and really, really support this community. And this is where the Food Freedom Club was born. This membership style program. So this is a one-year membership style program. You will learn everything you need to really lean into your power with food, to stop binge eating, to stop emotional eating, to regain control with food. To learn what your body needs, to understand your own eating patterns, so you can really be competent and empowered. This membership is everything I would have loved when I was in that place, when I was like ready to feel so confident. This membership is truly like oh, so good. I cannot wait for you to check it out and get more from it because. It is legit, so good. Inside the membership, you're gonna get the four-part system to Food Freedom, where we all talk about diet culture and letting go of the diet mentality, intuitive eating, emotional eating, and becoming fully empowered with your nutrition. You're also gonna get an amazing community of folks who are going through the same thing, a community coach to help you through it, we uh, monthly challenges, monthly Q&As with myself, a troubleshoot section to support you, and a recipe vault to give you all of the ideas and make it super easy peasy. Guys, this is honestly the best place to be, and the best thing about it, you can join for $44 a month. Like, $44 a month to access all of this, and to do this work. Like, I just can't stress how valuable this membership is. And if you're ready to do this work and to start, and to be part of a community of folks who are just feeling so good about food and talking positively about it and supporting each other, that is where you want to be. And I'd love to be able to connect with you. So you can go check out the page. It's going to be in the show note, or you can go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash membership. On that note, my friend, let's get back to this podcast episode. Yeah. And why would you say um, that self-trust is hard to cultivate?
1: I would say it's hard to cultivate because we live in a society that wants to put everyone in a box. We Mm -hmm. live in a culture that wants every, like, this is how you do it. This is how you're successful. This is how you make a living. This is how your body's supposed to look. This is how you're supposed to eat. And for so many of us, it doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. I, I took a, a non-traditional path. Like I'm in my thirties and I'm still not married and don't have kids. And to so many people, I'm, I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that people with kids are, and they're doing it right. It's just like, there really truly is not a right way to live life. The right way is the way that you decide to do it but we have all this information and all these rules and all these expectations that have been shoved down our throat for so long that when things feel off, things feel wonky, things don't feel quite right. Instead of listening to that, we eat it away. We drink it away. We fuck it away because we just think we're crazy. We're like, oh, just shut up. I'll just, it doesn't matter. I'll shove it down because we're, we're, Not shown that. We're like, just be a good, just be a good girl. Just like follow this trajectory. Just do everything right. Just look this way. Just be quiet. Just don't take up too much space. And for so many of us, we're like, I feel like I'm wearing shoes that are two sizes too small. Like I can get them on, but they're so painful. And we believe that that's wrong and that's bad. And so much of this work is like, breaking through those kind of glass ceilings that we have created for ourselves and our lives or that the ways that we've been raised and, and kind of like carving this, your own path of like, yeah, okay, this may be the way I should, but I'm miserable. I got to go do this. And like really owning and trusting those decisions that you, you choose to make, whether it's starting a business, whether it's a different relationship, whether it's whatever, it's so important for us to have our own back in these new decisions and trusting that it is the right thing because there isn't a right way.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love that so, so much. And I can hear like, I'm I'm just thinking of like my younger self hearing this of like, it sounds like almost like sounds so easy, but so hard to do. Like Mm -hmm. if you're sitting right now in a space that you're like, I have not trusted myself for decades. Like, I just want to acknowledge that like I know it can sound like I'm just imagining myself. I remember like people being like, I just trust my body and stop when I'm full in was Like BS, like, no, no yes. one this. like that is yes. just not a fact. <laughs> yes. Because I truly couldn't get it because I had never experienced like freedom around food. But then when you get there, you're like, oh shit, like this is like accessible to all of us but like, if you're sitting in this space right now that you're like, I don't trust myself. I haven't been able to trust myself. Like I maybe lose control with food. I feel not good in my body. Like all of these things, like just knowing that like, yes, like this is super hard. And also like it is doable for you as well. And I think like that piece of like allowing our brain to just start thinking differently of like, exactly. Like you said, kind of like all of the stories that we've been told of all of the things that we want to do and like what are the things that are serving us and the things that are not and are we able to move away from it and are we able to cultivate a life that we want to live and i think that piece is just so cool because our the generations that we're in like we get to be able to do that right now and do all Mm -hmm. the healing work that maybe our previous generations have not been able to do Mm-hmm. so it's like a cool space to be and to be able to do that and acknowledging that like there's just yeah, so many nuances I think to this work as yeah. well when we're like looking at like man self-trust is such a big word it's such a big thing yeah and
1: you know the thing to remember too is that not to compare if uh, you know as a listener not to compare where you're at to where I'm at because it might feel like way too big of a jump and even though we have talked about it taking time I really feel like unlearning a lot of this doesn't have to take as much time. Like, let's say you've been struggling with food for 10 years. It doesn't mean you it's like, oh, great. It's going to take me 10 years to undo all of this. Like, It's going to take a couple. I mean, again, like it it depends. Like, I hate to give out time because it's always so independent upon the person, but it doesn't take that long. Like, in the whole scheme of things, when you think about, you know, you've been struggling for 10, 20, 30 years, doesn't mean like, oh, great, the next 30 years, I have to undo all this. Not at all. And so, it's like the most important part for anyone to hear is don't compare yourself to where anyone else is. Like, the most important thing is that you just, You, you find a way to begin, you find a way to work with you. You find a way to start, just start consuming this information. Cause I remember when I read a book about binge eating and it was like, I just changed my thoughts and everything changed. And I was like, what, like you just decided, like, it's not, it it just was never like just one switch. And, and so yes, it does take time, but again, it doesn't have to take
0: 15 years. No, and I like that you say that too, just because I think it can feel overwhelming. But it yeah, like you're hundred percent right. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It's funny because um the bounce program, which you guys here have heard of it quite a bit, is six months. And mm-hmm. at first everybody's like, Oh my God, six months, like this is so long. Do you have a shorter version of this? Yes. And I'm like, No, six months is not that long. <laughs> like when we yes. think about like how long we've been stuck in it, but it's also a good amount of time that like we can do most of their work within that period of time which is really yep. pretty cool too yes but it's like that perspective because like you're like six months like whoa and you're like well six months goes by fast like time flies. yeah
1: <laughs> and considering you've been struggling with this for 15 years like this is a pretty short amount of time yeah
0: <laughs> exactly you're like actually yeah um, Oh yeah no I love this conversation so much like I think they're just topics that are so important but also just like validating that like if you're someone who doesn't trust yourself that there's nothing to be ashamed of like I think like you you did such a good job at just like really normalizing this piece of like we're taught to not trust ourselves we get like put into these like squares to to, to be a certain way that we don't necessarily have to be, but allowing yourself to just like acknowledge, bring awareness to all of that and slowly be able to change. Like I think it's just so, so beautiful. Um is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Any tips, any words of wisdom that they're like, yes, they need to know this today as they listen to this. Um,
1: Oh my gosh. I would just say like if you feel if you feel like you've been struggling with it for so long and something must be wrong with your brain there's not well I mean there is but like it's it's solvable like we can absolutely fix that um and just don't don't give up on yourself and don't take on too much I think that that's something that a lot of overachievers and go-getters do is they're like okay I'm really just gonna go all in on this. And we come in too hot. And then, cause we tackle it like a diet and like everything else we do with our all or nothing thinking. And so really getting yourself to a place where you're like, okay, I'm gonna really wrap my brain around this, taking a little bit of time. And I'm going to give myself that space because when we get panicked and we get like, Oh, I have to do it now. And it has to be solved. And I can't get a little, We it 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 doesn't work. It doesn't click in the way that it could. And so, really trying to get to your space where that like, okay, it's scary. I'm nervous, but I'm I'm at a good place where I know that I'm ready to kind of like tackle this.
0: I love that so so much. So so good. Where can people find you? Work with you? Let us know where we can all find all of your stuff.
1: Yes, I'm on Instagram at Renee Sager. My website is ReneeSager.com and I also have a podcast called Ditch the Binge where they can find me on all the things.
0: I love that. So all of that will be in the show note for you guys. So go check her out. And before today, before we leave today, um, let's finish off with our fun questions. The first one being, what is your favorite food? I love Vietnamese, all Vietnamese,
1: (laughs) like all of
0: it. (laughs) <laughs> we'll have all of it. I love that so so much. And um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: I think that it would be. I would love to fly. Mm. I
0: love I that. Think it'd be so fun. It'd be so fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Flying is in my top three for sure. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite way to self care? You know,
1: I love a good workout or run or something active in the morning and then just sitting for hours in the sun with coffee. That's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) That's like my favorite day ever.
0: (laughs) Sitting in the sun with coffee is legit.
1: Yes. (laughs) It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So good. So good. Okay. And what does balance mean to you?
1: You know, I think balance doesn't really exist. And I think everything has a season, our body, our food, our finances, our relationships. And I think it's just being able to embrace all of it and knowing that when it's not such a great time, that a good time is just around the corner and that it doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong or needs to change. It's just part of the process.
0: I love that so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I think this was a really valuable episode with a lot of gems. I hope that you guys listening here liked it. If you did, please leave us a reading review on Apple podcast. Let us know, connect with me on IG as you do. Let me know what was your favorite part of the podcast. And on that note, we will see each other or see each other. You will hear me next week on the podcast. All right. Bye everyone. really enjoyed this podcast episode let me know again your thoughts what you liked about it in on instagram at the balanced dietitian and if you have 90 seconds i would love if you can leave us a review again it means so much to me when you take the time to do that it really helps us spread this message and if you find it helpful every week to listen to this please please share it means the world to me on that note i'll catch you in the next episode